Yeah. Come at 5.30 tomorrow. We're going to do an in-service. All right, so I'll say good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to everyone who's back for Pesach. Welcome back to Alan. Welcome back to Yerach Miel. Pleasure to, I, did every, I think everybody else I've seen already before. Good. All right, good. And I've welcome back to Simon, but Simon's been back already for a little bit. But all right. I will say, so daf chavtes. Let's pick up with the Mishnah. Omer Adam lechavera. A person says to his friend, Omer, I will say, we're still dealing with the same halachas concerning the idea concerning the idea of how to go ahead and effectively secure for yourself additional supplies and provisions on Yom Tov itself. Remember, again, obviously we're dealing with a situation before refrigeration, preservatives, people mamish needed to be able to restock on things, especially, again, Yom Tov Sheni But, of course, again, you can't go ahead and do things that are going to be a violation of Mecca Humemkar. So, the minister says, Omer Adon Lechavera, a person says to his friend, Fill up for me this particular utensil. So what the Tanakhama seems to be saying is, but you can't mention a particular amount. So you could say, do me a favor, fill up that cup full of, uh, of lentils, but you can't ask for a kav, a pound of lentils. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, however, if it is a measuring utensil, you may not go ahead and fill it up. So also Rabbi Huda, we'll see in the Gemara what exactly what the Machlok is. Tanakam Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda seems to be saying is even without the mention of an explicit measure, you still can't use a specific measuring utensil. There was a story with Abishol ben Botnis. He would go ahead and fill up he would go ahead and fill up, Rashi says, He would fill up already pre-measured amounts prior to Yom Tov. And this way, again, when people would come into his store to go ahead and purchase it on Yom Tov, he would, or, or, or should say, take possession of it on Yom Tov, he would be prepared already to give it to them. Abishol, Omar Abishol says, Truth is, this is Abishol commenting on Abishol ben Batnis's behavior. So Abishol says that Abishol ben Batnis would even do this on Cholamayid. Why? hamidos to avoid the foaming of the measures. Then I will say, we'll see this in the Gemara, but essentially what this means is the following. So Beirure Hamidos means that when you would pour wine, I guess that do with the quality of the wine they had then. So if you can imagine today, I guess the equivalent would be like with soda. right? So when you pour soda, so remember again, I can ask for a glass of soda. And what happens? You know, they, they fill it up, and then, you know, some part of it goes away when the foam settles down. That's why every good Jewish person knows, right? You might have to wait until it goes down, and then you leave the counter, right? Yeah, so so the, the, the idea is that Abu Shalom ben Bafnis, when they would pour the wine, part of it would foam up at the top. See, he, so the Gemara is saying, so Mishnah is saying over here, he would dafka fill it up on, on Erev Yom Tov in order to give time for the foam to go down, to be able to give them a full measure. And for them, the Chum Chum say, the Chum Omen, Af Bechol Osekin Mipne Mitsui Hamidos. So the Chachamim say that he would also do this because of Mitsui. Mitsui means literally the draining of the measures. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Mitsui Hamidos, Keshahaya Mocher Shemen. When he would sell oil, so hayo lo midos harbe umavina lo kuchos kleyen umodeid leish veish bemidos la atzmo umismatzos vahochos usoch kleyen kolalayla. So what's like is the way you would normally purchase oil is you would go ahead and bring your own utensil 
to the store, and the owner would pour from his utensil into your utensil. What's the issue with oil? The issue with oil is, is that again, oil, some of it remains on the sides of the kli, on the sides of the utensil from which you're pouring it from. So for argument's sake, if you buy a liter of oil, you don't really get a liter of oil, because there's some of that oil that leaves, that remains behind on the on the utensil of the seller. What Abba Batnis would do is, if somebody wanted to buy a liter of oil, they would come into the store that afternoon, he would turn, he would drain his utensil into their utensil, and he would leave it, he would leave his utensil suspended over the other, to purchase his utensil overnight, so as to allow all of the oil to drain out. He wanted to make sure to give his customers the full measure of oil. Says the Gemara, the Mishnah records in Machlogis between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda. So Tanakam says, that when you go to purchase something, you go to secure provisions on Yom Tov, you can say to the merchant, fill up this utensil, avalo b'mida. But apparently you may not ask for a specific amount. You can't ask for a specific measure. Because again, according to Tanakama, that would be, that would resemble mekachu memkar, that would resemble business dealings, and that you can't do. Rabbi Huda comes along and says, im mida lo If it's utensil that's used for measuring, you may not use it. So Yomar is trying to figure out, what does that mean? What does Rabbi Huda mean? He says, avalo b'mida. Amr Rabbi Huda m'shmuel, what Rabbi Yehuda is coming along to say is you, even if you don't make any mention of an actual measurement, you may not, you may not use, if you, I, can't, I can't walk into the store and tell the merchant to fill up my measuring cup. That you can't do. You can't go ahead and use at all a cup that's used for specific measuring. However, avaklia omed lemida yimaleno. But I will say, here's what's interesting. So apparently, Rabbi Huda is making a chilek between what we call a kliha meyuchad lemida and a kliha omed lemida. A kliha meyuchad lemida is a utensil that's actually used. Actually used. Rashi says over here, ha omed lemida shemodet umocherbo. It's used for measuring, it's used for selling. However, ha omed lemida shlechishi yishaber zebaze tachtov avaladain lomadad. So, also it's very interesting. So, according to Rabbi Huda, so you can't go ahead and use a measuring utensil that's already in use. But what you can do is use a backup measuring utensil that has not yet been actively used. So although it may be actually a measuring utensil, because it has not yet been used for measuring, it's not called a real measuring utensil yet, therefore on Yom Tov you could use that. But also Rabbi Huda, that's the Tanakama. And Rabbi Huda comes along and says, And Rabbi Huda comes along and says, No, you can't even use a measuring utensil that has not yet been used for measuring. Meaning, what Rabbi Huda comes along and says, is you can't use any kind of measuring utensil, either one that has been actively used, or one that is set aside for use for some time in the future. So what do you see from here? That when it comes to matters of Simchas Yom Tov, Rabbi Huda goes L'Chumra, because Rabbi Huda says you can't even use any kind of measuring utensil, whereas the Tanakama, who are calling the Rabbanon, are lenient, because like, remember, in the Mishnah, the Rabbanon will say that you may not go ahead and ask for a specific measure, nor may you go ahead and use an actual measuring utensil that's currently being used for measuring, but you can use a measuring utensil that has not yet been used for measuring itself, and Rabbi Huda comes along and says, no, you can't even use that. Therefore, when it comes to matters of matters that impact Simchas Yom Tov, Rabbi Huda's machmer, the Rabbanon are mekel. I, is that true? I, but we learn the opposite. This nan, Rabbi Hudom Rabbi Huda says, Shokil Adam Basar Kenegedakli, Ukenegedakofits. Yet we learned Rabbi Huda says, we learned this a little bit earlier. 
that Rabbi Yehuda says, if you want to measure out meat, if you want to measure out meat on Yom Tov, what can you do? You can go ahead and put the piece of meat on one side and put a clean, put a utensil as a counterweight. You want to see how much meat you're actually going ahead and measuring. You can put a counterweight on the other side of a clee, of a utensil. A kofis literally means a cleaver. The chum, the chum say, and the Chacham say what? You may not use a scale at all on Yom Tov. Therefore, you see from here that what? That when it comes to matters of Simchas Yom Tov, Rabbi Yehuda is make on the Rabbanon are machmir. It's a contradiction. So again, it would appear from our Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda is machmir by Simchas Yom Tov and the Rabbanon are mekel. And yet it appears by the case of the scale that Rabbi Yehuda is mekel and the Rabbanon are machmir. So which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda is contradicting himself. Why not? It's very simple. In the case of the scale, the item that you're using as the counterweight is not something that is set aside for use as a counterweight. Because it's not set aside for use as a counterweight, therefore, again, using it as a counterweight does not appear to be an act of mekach memkar, does not appear to be an act of commerce. Therefore, you're permitted to do it. But here, Rabbi Huda is saying you can't use the measuring utensil, even if what? Even if it's never actively been used for measuring before, why not? Why not? Because Lamaisa, again, it is a utensil actively used for measuring. So because of that, again, that resembles Mekachumemka, resembles commerce. The rabbis not contradicting themselves either. Why not? So the final say, if you look at Rashi, Ka'avdin Bechol, but Ma'oznaim, Here's the difference. The Abana will say, we don't allow you to use the utensil as the countermeasure in the case of the scales. Why? That's what's called uvdin dechol. It resembles a weekday activity. What does it mean it resembles a weekday activity? The Rabbi will say, if a, if a merchant, if a store owner does not have readily available weights, it's very common that what? That he'll use a utensil which he knows the weight of to be his countermeasure. That's not, that's not like, it's not uh, an out of the ordinary thing. So because that is considered to be a normative act of the way he conducts his business, that's called uvdin dechol, it resembles weekly activity, therefore it's going to be answer. But over here, say the Rabbanon, this is not uvdin dechol. Why is it not uvdin dechol? Because since this utensil has never been actively used for measuring, the Rabbanon will say it's not labeled as a measuring utensil, and therefore it's going to be okay. Rava Amar Rava says, no, Rava has a different interpretation. So also remember, all of this now is trying to figure out what Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah meant by the phrase, Avalo Bemida, comes along Rava, and Rava says, my Avalo Bemida, what does it mean? What does it mean Rabbi Yehuda says that you may not use a Mida? Shalo Yiskar Lo Shem Mida. What Rabbi Yehuda means to say is what? You may not make any mention of a specific measurement. You may, no, no, no mention of a specific measurement of item, of product which you are trying to purchase. But if you have a measuring utensil, that's fine. And I will say that's the Tanakama. So the Tanakama says, we don't care what kind of utensil you use. You can use a measuring cup, not a measuring cup. That doesn't matter to us. What matters to us is what? Is what you say. You may not go into a store on Yom Tov and go ahead and make an arrangement with the owner to purchase a kav or to purchase a litra. Those are measurements you can't do because, again, that resembles mekach memkar. That resembles ultimately commerce. That resembles, again, uvdin dechol. That you can't do. However, again, 
to use a measuring utensil, that's fine. But Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda comes along and says, no. Rabbi Huda comes along and says, no, you may not use any kind of measuring utensil. Rabbi Huda says, again, this is a different version now of Rava. So Alma, what do you see from here? And I think you want to ask the same exact kasha. Alma, so what do you see for Rabbi Huda? When it comes to matters that impact the enjoyment, celebration of Yom Tov, Rabbi Huda is, Rabbi Huda is stringent, and the Rabbanan are mekel. But we learn just the opposite. It's not. We'll say just repeating what we just said before. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Shokil Adam Basra Kinegidakli, Ukinegidakofitz, Vechachamim Omrim Ein Mashkichin Bekaf Maznaim Kolikar. Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda that you may measure out a piece of meat using Anyomtov, using a utensil as a countermeasure, whereas the Rabbanon say, Chacham say, you may not use a scale at all. Therefore, what do we see from here? Am Rabbi Huda Lukula, Vrabbanon Lukumra. Therefore, what do we see from here? That Rabbi Huda is lenient and the Rabbanon are stringent. Again, contradiction. So in one case, again, in our Mishnah, it appears that the Rabbanon are mekel by matters concerning Simchas Yom Tov, and Rabbi Huda is machmir. And yet here, by the case of the scale, Rabbi Huda is mekel and the Rabbanon are machmir. So which one is it? To which the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda lo kashya. There's no contradiction between Rabbi Huda. Why? Hasam b'she'enu miyuchad lemida. Here's the difference. The countermeasure, the, excuse me, using the utensil as a countermeasure, the utensil is not something that is actively designated for weighing purposes. The fact that the fact that merchants may sometimes use it is fine, but it's not something actively designated for, or actively set aside for commerce weighing, measuring purposes. Therefore, again, the Maeser Bihuda allows you to use it as a countermeasure on Yom Tov. However, again, hacha, but in the case of our Mishnah over here of the Kli, of the measuring utensil, so hacha miyuchad lemita. Here it is something that is actively used for measuring, and therefore it's going to be problematic to use it on Yom Tov. And according to the Rabbana, also there's not a kasha. Hasam ka'avid ka'ovdin dechol. So I will say here's the difference. According to the Rabbana, in the case of the scale, so what we just said before, you're doing exactly what you do during the week, meaning as we said before, it's not uncommon for a merchant if he doesn't have his weights right in front of him to go ahead and use a kli. However, hacha lo ka'avid ka'ovdin dechol. But over here, again, by using the measuring utensil, by, without, without any kind of mentioning of the actual measurement, that's not called ovdodachol, to which the Gemara says, why? Not only that, I'll say, but here's what's interesting. What the Gemara is going to suggest over here is that people used measuring utensils all the time, even for things for non-measuring purposes. Right, for example, the Gemara says, People serve their friends glasses of wine in measuring utensils all of the time. In other words, what the Gemara is pointing out over here is that Lemaisa, people used measuring utensils really as regular utensils as well. So if I didn't have a clean glass in my, uh, in my cupboard, then I have no problem going ahead and giving my company a drink of wine in my measuring utensil as well. Because, again, this measuring utensil is used for regular consumption purposes also. Therefore, it's not called the klihami yuchad lekach. It's not called the utensil that is dafka set aside for measuring or for commerce purposes. And therefore, again, that's why the Rabbanon allow you to go ahead and use it on Yom Tov as long as what? As long as there's no explicit mentioning of the purchasing of a particular amount.
Weiter. Maiseh ba'abashal ben batnis. So I'll say, just you should know. Um, I'll do the halacha of Maiseh afterwards. So the Gemara says the following. Ma, I'm sorry? I'm curious. Okay. Ma, all right. Maiseh ba'abashal ben batnis. So there was an episode of Abishal ben Batnis. So I'll say, remember again, the, the Mishnah said that Abishal ben Batnis would go ahead and fill up his measures already on Erev Yom Tov. So yeah, I guess he'd have whatever it is. Let, let's assume for a moment that the common unit of purchase would have been a, a lug. Fragment sake of liquid, a lug of wine. Say before Yom Tov, Abishal ben Batnis would fill up individual lug containers of wine. Of wine. So the Gemara says. Tana af He would do this even on cholamoid, even on cholamoid. And I will say what this sounds like over here is he would he would do it on cholamoid. He, he would do it the night before. So he would do this already the night before, so it would be ready on cholamoid. Mipne bittel beis in order to avoid any kind of bittel beis hamedrash. Bittel beis means so that he should not lose out time in the base hamedrash. Now, what does that mean? It's actually a very interesting Rashi. If you look over here, tana af b'moid osekain mishum bittel. Basically, just listen to this. Shayachacham Gadol, Abishal ben Batnis, was a great Talmud Chacham. I'll say what's fascinating about this, by the way, is he was a great Talmud Chacham, who was a great Talmud Chacham, and he ran a store. And then I start, and I will say, I want to tell you something interesting. You know, whenever people see things like this, so they always use this like as a raya, you know, uh, it's, it's a little, sometimes people use it as like a, as like an underhanded shtach to, to elements within the Jewish community that say that you can't work. All you could go ahead and do is learn because if you work and you learn, but I will say, remember, the shtach goes both ways. What it also says is, yes, yes, you have, you have to have a parnasa. What it also says is, even if you have a parnasa and you work full time, you have no excuse not to be an outstanding Talmud Chacham. So meaning, yes, it applies, those, those who think that you can learn, only learn Torah and not work, not true. Abishol did it. Abishol bought it, so you could do it also. Those who think that just because you work 9 to 5, 9 to 6, 9 to 8, 5 to 7, whatever time you work, that you can't be an incredible Talmud Chacham, Abishol ben Batnis is going to be waiting for you after 120 at the pearly gates and is going to say, if I did it, so could you. So the Gemara says, Taner Abanan, Hu kinos, hu kines, shlosh meos garbe yayin, me birure hamidos. Well, so this is actually an amazing Gemara. So remember, what we see about Abishol was the following. Abishol was someone who was very careful with, actually this is just past week's parsha with weights and measures. Specifically, what he was concerned about was with wine and with oil, he wanted to make sure, again, he wanted to make sure that because the wine froths up, that's the right term, froths up at the top, he wanted to, he would pour it early to make sure that he would give his customers the full amount, and the oil he would make sure drained from the sides of the cleese. Listen to this. Hu kines shalosh meos garbe yayin mibiruri hamidos, Listen to So what happened? Abishol ben Banis apparently didn't always engage in this practice. For some reason, he only he realized later on in his career that all these years he had been giving people, he had been giving them a we'll call it a lug of wine, but he wasn't really giving them a lug of wine. Why? Because let's say um let's say we'll call it uh, two uh, an ounce at the top wasn't really wine. What was it? It was froth. So he realized, he did the calculations, he realized that over the years, he probably accumulated for himself 300 barrels of wine. Mm -hmm. Meaning based on that extra wine that he did not give them, he calculated that he gave him an extra 300 barrels of wine. And his fellow merchants, who were also meticulous about this, 
realized that they had come about 300 barrels of oil. So what happened? So Abishol ben Batnis and his friends did not want to benefit from, from this, that what they felt was an ill-gotten gain. And so they brought it to Yerushalayim. So the Gizbar, the temple treasurer, said to them, You don't have to do this. Meaning what the Gizbar was saying is you have to understand something. When people purchase wine, they know that when you purchase a lug of wine, that what? That's what? You're not getting a lug of liquid. Everybody knows that. You're getting whatever it is, you know, 98% wine and 2% froth. That's understood. And people know that when you when you buy a lug of oil, you're not really getting a lug of oil. Why? Because some of the oil adheres to the walls of the seller's clean. Meaning it's understood. I'll say no different than certain things when you buy today, when you realize that you're not getting the whole amount. Again, not because God forbid the merchant is cheating you. It's just the way that it's just the way that buying and selling happens. So essentially the Gizbar says to Abishal and Mutnas and friends, what are you doing here? It's your why you it's not ill-gotten gains. Okay, this this is the way of commerce. Amr lahem, af anu This is so amazing. Abushalom ben Batnes and his friends said, "You know what? We don't want it. We don't want to benefit from something that to us." does not feel yasher. We understand that it's, it is yasher, and we understand that we're entitled to it. We don't want to get benefits from it. Amr lahem, rabim. So the Gizbar said, okay, listen, if you don't want to get benefit from it, if you feel strongly about this, my suggestion to you is sell the, use this wine, use, use the proceeds from the sale of this wine for some type of tzarche rabbin, for, for communal benefit. Where did the Gizbar get this from? It's very interesting. Gazel ve'enio de'ali mi gazel. It's an interesting halacha. If you stole from someone, and I want to now do tshuva, but what? I don't know who I stole from. I don't know who I stole from. I stole from a group. I don't know who the group is. I don't know who I stole from. So we'll say, so what do you do with that money? You should do something of communal benefit with that money. So we'll say, what's well, an example of something for communal benefit? So we'll say, boros are water holes, are ditches, ma'aros are caves. We'll say, these are all water reservoirs. So boros, again, are drinking holes. and ma'aros are reservoirs for water. So you should do something of, of, of communal benefit. Okay. So Rav Chista went on a walk with Ravna Okva, the Darash, and he dashed in the following. A person should not measure out a specific amount of barley and place it before his animal on Yom Tov. And I will say, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says, Lo yimdor adam, it's on the left-hand side of Rashi. Rashi's both columns on this page. Left-hand side, about halfway down. Lo yimdor adam kavsurim, afilu litin lebehemto, shnir kimode limkar. Because it will say, even measuring out barley to feed to your animals, Rashi says, looks like you're about to engage in an act of commerce. We don't do any kind of active measuring on Yom Tov. So the Gemara says, Aval kolder, however, what can you do? But what can you do? You can go ahead and take your utensil 
and scoop up barley for your animal. And you need not be concerned about this. Now, I will say the logic behind this is that lemaisa again, the way they used to measure things out would be that you would take something with your hand and you would place it into the utensil. To take the utensil and scoop up the object, scoop up the item, that by definition is a shinoi, that's a, that's a departure from the normative ways of doing things. And therefore, lemaisa again, it's okay on So again, you can't measure out the barley in the normative fashion, which would be picking it up, and placing it in the utensil and measuring out how much you have, but you could take the utensil and scoop it up like that. So the Gemara says the following: Furthermore, again, the baker, bless you, Similarly, a baker. A baker could go ahead, and in this case, by the way, nachtum is a more expansive term than just a baker. It means a, a cooker, if that's the right term, right? Somebody, somebody, somebody who's cooking, a chef, somebody who's cooking, so could go ahead and measure out, measure out, um, measure out in Greek, spices, and put it into his dish in order that his dish should not spoil. Similarly, a woman could go ahead and measure out flour on Yom Tov that she will need in order to be able to bake her bread. That she will need to bake her bread in order to write why? In order that she should take challah in a generous way. Again, remember, technically speaking, challah. Rashi says over here, remember, challah. Technically speaking, is one twenty-fourth of the dough. It's different today because today we're not mafresh real challah. We're just mafresh more like a a, a token challah. So the Gemara says over here that we want the woman to properly measure out the right amount of flour she wants because if she feels that she's skimping on the right amount of flour because she can't measure properly, then what? Who's going to suffer in the end? The Kohen is going to suffer in the end because he's not going to get proper challah. Shmuel, Shmuel says, Osir. Shmuel says that no, this is not permitted. What Shmuel's arguing on is Shmuel saying that Lemaisa. Lemaisa, that you can't go ahead and measure these things out on Yom Tov because measuring is prohibited. The hot Tana de Shmuel, I, but we learned, I will say, but we learned from the Yeshiva of Shmuel. So this is very interesting. So now you're going to have a statement of Shmuel and a statement that came in from the Yeshiva of Shmuel, from the Tana of the Yeshiva of Shmuel, presumably in Shmuel's name. I, Vaha Tana de Beishmuel Mutter. I, but we learned from the Yeshiva of Beishmuel that it's Mutter. So the Gemara says, Amrabaye, Hashtad de Amr Shmuel Aser. So now that Shmuel himself says that it's Asr, and yet the town of the ruling from his yeshiva says that it's Mutter. Look at the last Rashi in the Daffer Bosai. Well, so listen to this. I'm sorry. So let's read on my base. So what does the Gemara say? Now that Shmuel says Aser, but yet from the Yeshiva it says Mutter. What do you see from here? Shmuel halacha lemaisa aser la'ashmeinu. Shmuel is coming to teach us halacha lemaisa. We'll say what does that mean practically? What that means practically, according to Shmuel, is like this: is that really you should not be doing any kind of measuring on Yom Tov. You should not be doing exact measuring on Yom Tov. But, so therefore, again, if somebody asks you the Shailah, the answer should be, we do not measure on Yom Tov. However, 
if you see people doing this, it's not something that you should make a macho. It's not something that you should go ahead and make a big deal about. Because although, again, the technical halach is one should not do it, at the end of the day, if people were doing it, as long as, again, on both sides, they're not doing it with specific utensils for measuring, Lemaise says, Shmuel, it's okay, and we'll leave it. Okay, we'll say, we'll, we'll see, probably tomorrow we'll get to it. But we'll see, Mir Tashem, what halach lemaise is, again, from the, from the Shulchan Aruch. So the Gemara goes right to Turn Rabbanon. Ain't shown in Kemach Biyom Tov. Mishum, Mishum. Well, I'll just tell you just the one halach lemaise piece, which I should just tell you now, because it's just in the Mishnah, as we passkin like the Rabbanon, which is that lemaise, again, you can't on Yom Tov, if you need to, let's say, if I need to borrow, I need to borrow something, again, the case, it wouldn't really come up to uh, for, come up for us in Yom Tov of going to a store as much as it would, let's say, borrowing something from someone else. So if I need to borrow something from someone else, so I can go ahead and ask for, I could ask, I could say, Malay Klize, can you, bless you, can you fill up this cup with flour? But I cannot ask, and how do you measure flour? Cup, cup, a cup of flour? Yeah. Is that a measurement? Yeah, exactly. So meaning, or or I could go ahead and give the person the utensil and go ahead and say, can you fill up this utensil with sugar? The idea is that the Shulchan Aruch is that on Yom Tov, one may not discuss explicit measures. One may not discuss explicit amounts. Now again, what I could do, however, is I could take my measuring cup and I could go ahead and say to the person, can you fill up this measuring cup with sugar? Because the mice, again, as long as there's no explicit discussion of actual amounts, I could even use a clear that I can even use a measuring clear as long as I'm not using it in the capacity of asking for a specific amount. We'll discuss, we'll see in the Shukhanach what it discusses in terms of measuring yourself when you come to make food on Yom Tov. So the Gemara says the following. Ten Rabbanam. Ain't shonin kemach b'yom tov. You can't, say this is a case, shonin literally means to repeat. In this case, what it actually means over here is to re-sift flour. You can't re-sift flour on Yom Tov. Look at Rashi. In Shonin Kemach, Sheraktu Me'atmol, the case over here is where it was already sifted on Erev Yom Tov, Ubalashanosobinafa, you want to re-sift it in a sieve, Liafoso, in Shonin, the F the F Shalom Etmol. So Rash says over here, both side, this goes back to we've learned this before. Anything that can be done on Erev Yom Tov with the same qualitative results may not be done on Yom Tov itself. Therefore, says, says the Braisa, you may not re-sift on Yom Tov because at the end of the day, you could have re-sifted the flour on Erev Yom Tov if you wanted. Therefore, you can't do it today. Rab, Rabbi Papis, Rabbi Huda Bar Ben Besira Amru, Shonin, however, Rabbi Papis, Rabbi Huda Ben Besira say, you can go ahead and do it on Yom Tov. Vishavin and both agree, everyone agrees that what Rabbi saying, that if let's say again, I sifted on Erev Yom Tov, or even if I re-sifted on Erev Yom Tov, but then some impurity falls into the flower on Yom Tov itself, everyone agrees that what? Shoshonin, that you can re-sift it, what Rabbi saying, because again, again, remember, if the logic is that I could have done it on Yom Tov, that only applies to what? To something I could have actually done on Yom Tov. If the impurity falls in on Yom Tov, then no matter how many times I sifted or re-sifted on Erev Yom Tov, I cannot have taken care of that impurity prior to Yom Tov. Therefore, I would be permitted to re-sift it on Yom Tov. Tani Tana Kamei Ravino. There was a Tana that taught the following teacher in front of Ravino. Ain Shonin Kemach Biyom Tov. You may not re-sift flour on Yom Tov. Aval Nofort Tzuror or Kisim. However, again, if a pebble, Kisim, I literally means like a twig, 
falls into the flower, borer biodo. You can go ahead and take it out with your hand. So I said, this is very interesting. If you look at Rashi, Tani Tanakami Dravina in Shonen, So it's very interesting. Now, according to this version over here that taught in front of Ravina, so this, this opinion held no, even if an impurity fell in on Yom Tov, you can't resift the flower on Yom Tov. Rather, what? You could pick out the impurity by hand. You do borer. You can pick out the impurity by hand. Dorish Rava Barafuna Zuti, Apischa de Narda, Surava Barafuna Zuti, Darshan, by the entrance we have Narda, Shonin Kemach Piyomtov. You, in fact, can resift flour on Yomtov. Armaluhu Rav Nachman, so we'll say, so again, here's what's interesting. So apparently, just to give you the context, Rava Barafuna, when you, when you see this lotion of that you darshan something at the entrance we have Narda, the entrance of Narda does like making an announcement, right? I hereby proclaim that you are permitted to go ahead and re-sift flour on Yom Tov. So Rav Nachman hears this. Rav Nachman hears this, and he says, Poku, go out, and say, and go say to Abba, Abba was, Abba's Rashi says, means Techaveri, my friend. So now Rav, Rav Nachman says, go out and tell my friend, Rava, Rava Barafuna, Shakila Tivusach, go and take your good, Vishadi Achzari, and go throw it on the thorns. Puk Chazi, because go out and see Kama Mahalusa, how many sifters Hadran Banarda are re sifting in Arda. And those are both saying, what Rav Nachman was saying to Rava Barafuna is Shekoyach, right? It's very nice of you to show up in Arda and proclaim that you could re sift flour. In Arda, we've already been doing this, right? So your, your, your tova, so to speak, your kula, your leniency, go, go look in Arda, how much resifting of flowers. Things were slow in Arda, right? So look, look how much resifting of flour was happening in Arda already. We don't really, bless you, we don't really need your psak, we don't need your kula, because we're already abiding by this. Did this to Rav Yosef, the wife of Rav Yosef, so the Gemara says, Nala kimcha agaba de mehulasa. So the wife of Rav Yosef would re-sift flowers. Look at Rashi over here. Rashi says, Mahalusa uh, Nafos would go ahead and literally re-sift flour on the back of the sieve. So she essentially, she would re-sift flour with the shinui. She would re-sift flour with the shinui. Amr law, Amr law, so we'll say, he said to her, meaning against Rav Yosef, he said to his wife, Chazi si da'ana rifta ma'al yosa ba'ina. I like good bread. Rashi says, Rifta ma'ayasa, i'at tzricha l'shanos, l'shonin kemach b'yomtov. Bless you. So I say, so interesting enough, so here you have, so Rav Yosef's wife is re-sifting with the shinoi. Rav Yosef says to her, listen, I really like good bread, which is another way of saying what? You don't have to do it the right way, meaning you don't have to re-sift with the shinoi. Rav Yosef was telling his wife, is you're being machmir, Unnecessarily, because resifting is permitted on Yom Tov. You need not resift with, with, with a shina. I both say now. I, I, I neglected to read this Rashi. If you go back up top, the second Rashi and the Daf shown in Rashi says, "What's the logic for the opinion?" Now we, we understand the logic. We said that you can't resift on Yom Tov. Why? Why? Because you could have done it before Yom Tov with the same qualitative results. What's the logic of the opinion who says that you can resift on Yom Tov? Rashi says, "Shonin, the lekatircha." 
because the act of resifting doesn't really have any kind of tircha. There's no real exertion involved. <laughs> so he says, so the two reasons. Number one, because there's no real tircha involved in, in resifting. The, fa- the, fa- the flour is already fine. So there's no tircha. And number two, also, no one's going to assume that you, because you can resift, that you could what? That you could sift the chatrila. Why? Because the processes are so dramatically different. They appear different. No one's going to extrapolate from one to the other. So therefore, again, Rav Yosef said to his wife, "You don't have to sift resift with the shinui. It's totally permitted." Another, 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 another example. The visud Ravashi, the wife of Ravashi, nala kimcha agaba de petura went ahead and sifted flour. Literally, what this means is on the underside of the table. If you look at Rashi, Agaba de Petura, Rashi says, Shahayala Mishum So apparently the table had some kind of depression in which she was in which she was sifting on. So what happened? Agaba de Petura. Am Ravashi, Ravashi said, Hadidan. So Ravashi, Ravashi sees his wife doing this. Now apparently Ravashi himself felt that this was not necessary. But he says, you know, my wife is the, do- my wife is the daughter of Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama, Mora Duvdahava. And Rami Barchama was known who was a, who was known as a man who was meticulous with his actions. And if my wife did not would have not seen this in her father's home, she would not be doing this. Or in other words, the fact that my wife does this indicates that what? She must have seen this in her father's home. And if she saw this in her father's home, her father was a man who was very meticulous with his actions. And so the mice say, again, if that's what she wants to do, that's what she does. I will say, just as Rav Salavechik, Rav Salavechik calls this the mimetic tradition, something that's really lost in our day and age. The mimetic tradition is that Lamaisa, the reason you do things is because I learned that from my parents. So the Rav explained that today we live in a very intellectual age. So we, we, we do things because we understand them, we do things because we them, which, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but part of the beauty of Judaism is if you would have asked a woman, you know, if you, asked a, if you ask a girl who went through the yeshiva education system today, you know, why do you light Shabbos candles? So she could give you of all the reasons, covered and zachar and zachar and Shamar and Kavad and Oneg and Shalomais and all the things. And if you would have asked a woman two generations ago, why does she light Shabbos candles? The answer, because my mother did. Now I will say, again, it's beautiful to know the reasons. It's beautiful to know the reasons. But there's something exceptionally beautiful to also knowing that so much of what I do and who I am is because I model myself after what my parents did as well. So here you have, it's so, such a beautiful Gemara. Here you have Rav Yosef saying, excuse me, not Rav Yosef, Rav Ashi saying, listen, as far as I'm concerned, she doesn't need to do this. She doesn't need, because again, resifting is mutar yom tov. But she clearly saw this in her father's home. And because she's, and I will say this, all assumes, of course, that one's parents were proper role models. Unfortunately, again, if one's parents were not proper role models, then again, the mimetic tradition is broken, which happens over time. But Lamaisa, again, I think that the right answer is a synthesis of both. That one's feeling towards something ultimately comes from feelings hopefully instilled by parents. And one augments that feeling, sub- bolsters that feeling through through compounding the intellectual understanding of it as well. In any event, you see over here that Ravashi felt his wife didn't need to do this, but yet again, because she closed from her father's home, he said, 
leave it. Says the Mishnah. So we'll say, so what happens? A person now again wants to purchase, wants to get some provisions for Yom Tov. We've already established again that you can't discuss measures and you can't discuss prices. So now let's say, so what happens? So we'll say, obviously these type of arrangements only work if the store owner knows me. Because if the store owner doesn't know me and I walk in, I say, okay, can't discuss price, can't discuss measure, but I'm good for it. You know, like, obviously that's not going to work. So that's why the Mishnah says, if I go to someone who knows me, and I say to him, do me a favor, give me eggs, give me nuts, give me, give me, uh, give me uh, 25 eggs, give me uh, 37 nuts. And the boss essentially is, I go ahead and I ask for the chenveni for product in the same way that a person counts it out in his home. Just like a person in his home often doesn't use specific units or measures, but a person uses just numbers. I need to use three eggs, four eggs, five eggs. That's how you can go to the proprietor as well. I can ask for a certain number of eggs, a certain number of nuts. No mention of price, no mention of weight. So the Gemara says, or measure, I should say. A person, let's say I want to buy, I want to get an animal on Yom Tov. So what, what do I do? I go to a shepherd who knows me. I go to a shepherd who knows me. And I say to him, So give me, give me a kid or give me a goat. Similarly, I go to the butcher who knows me. And I say to him, do me a favor, Omerlo. Give me a shoulder of the animal. Give me the leg of an animal. Potim literally means a fattener. This was the word that was used for someone who raised birds. I go to the bird guy and I say to him, Give me a favor, give me a pigeon, give me a torg or a dove, excuse me. Oh, give me a pigeon. I go to the baker who knows me. Again, I both say, obviously, all of this works only with people who know each other. And therefore, again, the proprietor knows that as much as he's not discussing price and he's not discussing weight or measurements now, he knows ultimately, again, what the guy is taking and they'll settle up after Yom Tov. So I go to the baker and I say to him, Tainli kikarachad, give me, give me a loaf of bread, or glusko, give me a roll. Ve'etzal chenveni arogel. Let's I go to the storekeeper who I know, Omerlo, Tainli esrim beitzim, give me 20 eggs. Ochamishim, it goes and give me 50 nuts. Asra farsikin, give me 10 peaches. Ve'chamisha rimonim, five pomegranates. Esrogechad, give me an esrog. Obilvad shalo yaskir lo sikum mido. As long as what? As long as there is no discussion about measurements. Rashi says, for example, kav o kabayim. I cannot make any mention of, so I can ask for a number. I could say 25 eggs. I can't ask for a kav, or I could say 25 nuts. I can't ask for a kav. I can't ask for a kav of, of nuts. Furthermore, Rabbi Shimon says, what else can't I ask for? I also can't discuss Siku Mechach, which is price. Rashi says, Domim. So we'll say what comes out from this sugya is you could purchase, you could go ahead and secure items that you need for Yom Tov, as long as what? As long as there is no explicit mention of measurements, and as long as there is no explicit discussion of price. Hajun Allah ain't sudden. We're going to do, I, I still owe you halacha lemaisa on the, on the measuring utensils and the halachos of measuring at home, meaning when one is cooking themselves, which I, I think we can maybe squeeze in tomorrow a little bit.